BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'm burned out. Hi guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth, and we have a great episode for you guys today. I really think you guys are going to love it. We have Jennifer Stone on the podcast. You guys probably know her from growing up, watching her on Disney Channel on Wizards of Waverly Place as Harper. Probably one of the most iconic shows ever. That was my favorite show growing up. So When I got this email, it was one of those like crazy moments that my 12 year old self would like die at, but I love her. We'll get into talking about Jennifer in a second because I just adore her. I think she's the greatest person. Anyways, I just wanted to talk about my 4th of July weekend. Um, I hope you guys had a great 4th of July. We will talk about Jennifer in a second, but I wanted to just kind of talk about something really quickly because I saw Tinks posted this to her Instagram story. And it was something along the lines of, hey, if you guys don't have crazy plans for the 4th of July, if you're not at the lake with your friends or on like this big weekend trip, don't feel bad about yourself. I've had plenty of weekends where I'm home alone. And now, you know, I just happened to be like on a trip this week, whatever. But I loved that she shared that because I think it's really easy, especially on holiday weekends, to kind of feel really bad about yourself and compare your plans to everyone else's. For me personally, I just think like I love the 4th of July, but the 4th of July and New Year's Eve give me the same energy where I honestly almost stress out because there's so much anticipation and so much pressure on those days in your plans that it really just honestly kind of gives me anxiety. I had a great weekend. I spent some time with my friends. We went out Saturday night and honestly, we were all just out and went a little bit too hard Saturday. So if you guys would like to know how I spent my 4th of July on Sunday, I did about an hour at my friend's pool. We went over to the boys and we had Olive Garden catered. I cannot make this up. It's great to spend time with my friends. But what I'm saying is don't compare your life to social media. Because even I look at my page and I worry that I maybe portray something that isn't true. And it's not that it isn't true. I just don't share you know, the more sad parts or when I'm like calling my best friend because I feel weird about something or, you know, what I talk about my to my therapist. Like obviously Instagram is not reality. It's a highlight reel. And I think that's honestly okay as long as you have like a healthy relationship with it. What I mean by it being okay is for me personally, I just know that, you know, crying on Instagram is not helpful to like my healing journey. And sometimes that is. I just know for me personally, I like dealing with things on my own in like what are, you know, healthy coping mechanisms for myself. So I don't think it's bad to really just share the good moments, but I do think it's important to touch on this. So if you too feel kind of like anxiety 
or pressure around these holidays. Just know that not everyone's life is super crazy. I've had great 4th of Julys. I've had some really bad ones. Um, And yeah, don't compare yourself to Instagram. I wanted to say that I literally laid on a couch and we had Olive Garden catered on the 4th of July. So like it happens. Okay, guys. But anyways, today's episode is really, really exciting. We have Jennifer Stone on the show. She's actually a fellow Texan, which I didn't even realize beforehand. She's an actress. She's actually a nurse. She's a very multifaceted human being, which I find myself really drawn towards. That's always something that I'm trying to become more like. I always want to have, you know, different interests and not really put myself in a box. And I find that Jennifer has really done that for herself. She's so incredibly kind. She treats everyone who's in the room. Like it doesn't matter who they are the same. She's so sweet and personable and like sent me like the nicest message. I just love her. I thought this episode was a really, really great one. We touched on so many different topics. It felt like I was talking to an old friend. I love her. um, And I think you guys will really love the episode. So without further ado, we're going to get into this. Make sure to stay until the end of the episode for our listener call in. And if you guys want to be on the next episode, you guys can just follow us on Instagram. Our phone number is there. All you do is call the number. You leave a voicemail and I'm going to get to you on the podcast. Anyways, I love you guys so much. And let's get Jennifer on the show. I'm in the presence of an icon. I was telling everyone this before. No, literally, I'm like, guys, do you know who's coming on my show? Oh my God. I feel really cool. Also, I we talked about this beforehand, both from Texas. Yes. It's like half my it's, personality being from Texas. So oh, I'm totally. so glad. Totally. I have a blue bonnet like tattoo on my ankle because of Texas. Yeah, I have a Texas tattoo on yeah, my wrist. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have, you have to. to. Okay, well, you have such a crazy life story. Let's talk pre-Wizards. Okay. So you said you started acting at six. Were you doing that from Texas? Like, yeah. Okay. So tell me more about like your upbringing. It was so random. My my family jokes that it's like a hobby that got way out of control. <laughs> so my brother is like addicted to video games even to this day. And my mom one summer was like, okay, you're not going to play video games all summer. You have to find something else. And he was like, I'm not doing sports. So there was like this theater camp. And so I was the little sister that got like dragged to all of like the theater camp rehearsals and all that kind of stuff. And I just like was like, this is amazing. You get to play pretend in front of people and people have to watch you do it. That's amazing. I immediately fell in love and wanted to audition for the next play. And 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 it just kind of like snowballed from there. And um, I did like local commercials and and TV and and kind of did everything I could do from Texas and then begged my mom to take me out to LA. And she basically thought we were going to go on like a summer vacation and then never go back. <laughs> How old were you when you got to LA? Nine. Oh my God. That's so young. Yeah. How old were you when you booked Wizards? I was 14. Okay, tell me about that experience, like auditioning and actually getting the role. I had done a pilot for Disney a year prior called Bus Life, which is actually really funny because it was I was with Vanessa Hudgens, Brandon Smith, like Moises Arias, like a bunch of people. I was going to say, I feel like I've heard of this. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it was not great. Okay. <laughs> it was literally a show about... It all took place on like a school bus. Did it get picked up? No. Okay. I feel like I've heard about this because other people have talked about yeah. that was the pilot and then they booked their thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, like the four of us all ended up on shows, but like 
that was what we started with. So like Vanessa had just done High School Musical, so there was no way she was going to do a show because like she was just like, yeah, I did this movie with my boyfriend, Zach, yeah. and like we sang and danced and I don't know. And like nobody had any clue it was going to turn into what it did. And then Moises ended up on Hannah Montana, Brandon on uh, Sunny with the Chance. So we all ended up doing our own shows. So we did that the year prior. It didn't get picked up. And then they brought me in um, actually for Alex to audition for Alex. My family was about to go in for like our first family vacation in forever. And they called and were like, we want to fly you in to audition for Alex. And I was like, okay. So I get out there and then I audition for Alex. And then they're like, do you want to just like read this friend character real quick? And we'll do like a chemistry read with Selena. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And so I completely total character change. And I had to like 10 minutes to put it together. And then we just did a chemistry read and it worked really well. And we worked well off each other and the rest is history, I guess. Was it really crazy booking that and then just your life changing so much? Like, was it an instant change once the show aired? I I think it was after the first season had come out. It wasn't like the pilot came out and then everything changed. It was kind of after the first season and people started to like see it more often that was when things started to change of like people recognizing us and like wanting autographs and and things like that, which was so bizarre to me and still trips me up to this day because I always just loved acting and I never thought about people actually seeing my work. (laughs) But yeah, it it still kind of blows my mind a little bit. And I kind of forget because to me, I'm just Jen. So when I'm like out and somebody looks at me and I like, they have that like funny, do a double take. They yeah, like they look have at that you a funny look where you're yeah. like, oh, okay. Especially at the hospital when it happens, I like forget, and then I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, that, I did that. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Okay, like it's it's still it's weird to me. Do people ask you to like sing the hat song all the time? All the time. That was the number one thing. I honestly had forgotten about that. I'm like, that's probably your most annoying question. I'm sure it's not annoying. Oh, I think okay, it's really good. sweet. That's because you're a nice person. You know, <laughs> I try to be. Yeah, I try to be. I try to be a total like douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing everyone said. They're like, oh my god, the hat song, and I'm like, oh my god, I totally forgot about that. You know, it's so funny. We only did it one episode, and it is the like the longest lasting thing from Wizards. I swear to God, it's, it's so what everyone talks about. Weird. It's so weird to me uh-huh. because we did it one episode, season one. I had to rewatch it on YouTube because when people started asking me, I had totally forgotten how to do it. And then people were disappointed because I was like, they knew it better than I did because we did it once and then forgot about it. It's crazy that you only did it once because it's been such a big thing. Yeah. Like, I know the song. Like, even though I, like, it came back, it was like, oh my God, like, it, you know when it unlocks a memory that you forgot you had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. Honestly, imagine if that had come out when like TikTok like if TikTok oh, was at geez. its highest yeah, yeah, yeah. at that point, would have been when viral. That's, that like hindsight's twenty twenty because social media had like just started to come out. And like, I'm so thankful for that because I feel like it's such a different environment because like Twitter was brand new when the show came out. And so like, it was just a different experience. I feel like for a lot of the kids that are on shows now, you know. What's your relationship with social media now? Like, how do you feel about it? I tried to not get on TikTok really hard. And now I like have to be like, okay, I've done an hour of just, it's so addictive. It's so addictive. I have a love-hate relationship with it, to be honest. It's become a necessity as an actor, especially as a younger one. And that part I hate, because I hate feeling like I have to do something or like I have to have like an image or- Share your life or whatever. Yeah, and because I'm a private person. And I think that makes for to be a better actor, because if you have access to everything about a person, it doesn't leave any mystery to Mm -hmm. become a character. 
But, you know, I'm like everybody else where I want to see what everybody else is doing too, having said that. So I'm kind of a hypocrite in that sense because I'm nosy and want to see everybody else's business but don't want to share mine. I feel like that's how a lot of people feel about social media though. Like I like at least watching. TikTok is the number one thing where it's like I you try for so long to not get on another platform. Yeah. And then TikTok of all things really just hooks you in. Like I've never seen an algorithm like that. Yeah. I can't get off. I mean, totally. It's so bad. I actually make myself read at night, every night before bed. I love that. And I have a Kindle and I like put my phone away. Yeah. Because if not, I'll be on TikTok until 3 a.m. Oh, totally. What are it's you reading just, right now? Well, I just finished a Laura David book. I read a lot. I'm literally on book 47 no, of 2021. Oh, yeah. I love that. I was reading a lot on brain health, like Dr. Eamon. Dr. Caroline Leaf, she was just on the show. Okay, cool. Like like neurocognitive function, yeah. all that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm like so into it. It's like it's my random so thing. Good. It's so interesting. Yeah. Okay, what was your favorite memory from Wizards? I have a lot of them. I have I have a lot of them. So it, like it changes every day. So when people ask me this question, I'm like, well, what is it today? <laughs> um, I think my favorite memory from Wizards is we used to write, because we filmed it in front of a live audience. And so right before the live audience, we would all come out and like do like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And they'd like announce us and we'd all bow and then start the show. And before we did that, we used to, with the director and the producers, all do kind of like a pep talk, basically, of like what we wanted out of the episode, what we wanted out of each other and what like kind of like a focus of like what everything was about and like what we were doing. And that was always really special to me. That's so um, really sweet. Yeah, because it reminded me of like my theater days, you know yeah. what I mean? Of just kind of like having that moment behind the curtain with just us putting on the show, you know. Do you guys still keep in touch? Yeah. Thank God for group messaging. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> that is so real. Yeah, because we're all so busy. You know what I mean? Like we're yeah. all so busy. David's a dad now, you know, and Jake is all over the place and Selena's all over the place. And, and Maria's got her girls that are teenagers now. And that's wild. Yeah. And like Deloise has been like going back and forth to like Europe and Mexico. So Everyone's like, so grown up. Yeah, it's it's weird. That is crazy. Henry, David Henry having two kids trips me out. That is really wild, actually. It's very bizarre to me. <laughs> Any of us having children is odd to me. I still can't like wrap my head around it. Recently, I've been getting a lot of questions from you guys asking how I make sure that I'm cooking from home and not eating out all the time, not ordering in food, um, making sure that I'm still eating healthy. And honestly, Freshly has been the solution to all of those problems. You know, it's summer 2021. We've covered this many times. We're vaxxed, we're waxed, we're booked, and we're busy, okay? I've been traveling again. I've been very social. And honestly, like I said, Freshly has been saving me, right? So I've been a little stressed. I've been very tired. I really honestly haven't felt like cooking. I've been kind of out of my routine. And you know, I'm in and out of town right now. So I've just needed some sort of solution, right? So food that's fast, doesn't have to be fast food. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work of prepping, cooking, and cleaning, which I love. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door, no cooking required. Ordering is easy. You can visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak, peppercorn, sausage, baked penne, or the chicken pesto bowl which is my current fave. Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from that work for your dietary needs, preferences, taste, and family size. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, but with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the grocery store. And now our listeners can try Freshly for just $3.99 
$6.16 per meal. Stop searching the internet for healthy food near me every night and start living life freshly. And right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to freshly.com slash I love you. My friends in Dallas love Freshly. They've had some at my house and are always amazed. Honestly, it's so good, guys. So stop stressing about dinner. Go to freshly.com slash I love you for $40 off your first two orders. That's freshly.com slash I love you for $40 off your first two orders. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Cott. And I'm Stephanie Sambari, and we are the hosts of That's So Retrograde. Heard of us? For the past 200 and some episodes, we've been trying to figure out what the hell wellness is. We have inspiring and fun conversations with all types of amazing people, from healers to comedians to whatever's in between. We're five years in, but we're just getting started. So hop on board every Thursday to join the party and route to living your best life. And don't forget your cannabis. Or to check us out on Instagram at So Retrograde. That's right. Bye. See you there. What was your life like after the show? Was it weird going from that being your life for four years and then like you're not with those people all the time? What was that transition like? Yeah, it was strange. It was odd. For some reason, right after the show, all of like the acting jobs I did were like horror where I was like demon possessed and killing everybody. Oh, fun. Yeah, I I guess I just really needed a change. Um, But that was what I kept getting booked as, which was very odd. But it was definitely an adjustment period because I went from having a job basically nine to five, five days a week with these people that I had grown up with. It was basically my high school. I joke that I went to Disney High. Yeah. And then it was gone. It was definitely an adjustment period. And then like right very quickly after I got diagnosed with type one. And so that was a whole different adjustment. So it was like a lot of growing pains back to back. I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about like evolving in your career. You're a nurse now, which is <laughs> literally insane. People find it so random. I don't know how you have the time. Like, that's what I'm like, what? I don't under, like, it's so cool to me. I really respect it. I appreciate that. What um, was that journey like getting diagnosed and then becoming a nurse? I mean, like, that's yeah. crazy. Believe me, sometimes I ask myself, how do I have the time? Yeah. So when I was 20, I started to like gain weight really fast, like to the point where it like, like blew out like my knees and my back. Mm-hmm. Like I still have like issues with my like knees and back, with like the joints, like I have to do a lot of like stretching and things like that and like work out just to make sure those are strong. Cause I gained it so fast, like such a short period of time. And I started losing my vision to the point where like, if I saw your face, it would be blurry. Wow. So like I was at auditions and people would be like, she's not, she doesn't feel connected. And I'm like, yeah, cause I can't see you. Yeah. And so I was like, something's really wrong. Like I have to figure out what's going on. So I spent like the night, unfortunately it took like four years for me to really anchor down what it was because I was having these symptoms so late. Everyone was like, oh, it's type two, it's type two, it's type two. And I finally found a doctor that was like, no, it's type one. And that got me on the road of treating it correctly. So for four years, like it took me, like I wasn't being treated correctly and it just wasn't working. And like one doctor took me off a medication I should have been on. And I was like a month away from dialysis. It was a mess. So once I finally got on the right, like medication and like health regime and all that kind of stuff, I I had had so many different experiences with different doctor's offices and, and nurses and different medical professionals that I was like, okay, I have this thing. I'm going to have it for the rest of my life. I want to understand it better. And I want to make sure all the people that made me feel like crap and didn't believe me and didn't make me feel seen as a patient, I want to make sure I do my part that nobody ever feels like that again. So I was 
majoring in psychology and I completely started over <laughs> and got started with my prereqs for nursing school. Where did you go to school? I went to the very prestigious Glendale Community College. I went to Santa Monica. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, well, but it's great because I mean, I could still act and I didn't have to be enrolled full time and I could take classes here and there. Um, I wasn't until I got into the nursing school there that I had to take two years off to go to school and get that degree because I just, I had to go into a hole to get that. How many years of schooling is it? It's uh, two years for your ADN, uh, which is like the associates. And then I could do the other two years or like year and a half online for my BSN. Wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> it's, it's definitely weird. Like I said, people don't understand it. They're like, oh, you quit acting to become a nurse. And I'm like, no. No, you just do both. I'm just... I, psychotic. I don't know. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of? When you're like, yeah, I, one, I think it's really cool that you want people to feel seen. I had Dr. Will Cole on and he was talking about how that's like, that's like what drives him almost yeah. is making patients feel seen because you hear that all the time. People being like, I know there's something wrong with me, but no one's listening to me. So I think that's really cool. Um, but it's almost kind of like same idea of your parents being like, this is like a hobby. You took like a little too far. Like you do <laughs> yeah. this and then you're, all of a sudden you're a nurse, you know? Yeah. Well, cause I, I don't know. I guess my like approach to life is that I, in, in general, uh, is that I'm just like, I enjoy this. I'm going to pursue I'm it. I'm the same way. I'm very all you in know? with things. I don't yeah. know how to, I'm either in or I'm out. Yeah. So I don't really know how to like be in the middle. Well, you know, you never have to never half-ass anything. Whole ass everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Become a nurse. Yes, exactly. So when did you start actually like working as a nurse? And how often do you work? Like what is like in all seriousness, like your actual like weekly routine? So, okay, I'll answer the first question first. I started working, which is a hell of a time to work. So I got my license in March of 2020. And I started working in an ER in April of 2020, the week after the safe at home order in LA was announced. Okay. So I immediately went into COVID. Wow. Um, it was just baptism yeah, by a, fire. <laughs> what a time to start. I mean, oh. my gosh. I, I mean, I still talk to more experienced nurses now and I'm like, I have nothing to compare this to. Like, this is the only thing. And we're still acclimating to life post COVID or in yeah. COVID because- I mean, patients and like their families still don't know how to behave. I mean, we've had we've had issues with like violence in the ER of like visitors and things like that because they don't know how to act. Because like socially they haven't been around people or what? I guess. Like, okay. I don't know. I mean, it's been really bad. Like it's wow. been bad of like people like we've had like nurses physically assaulted by like visitors so because like people are just everything's so heightened for everybody okay. right now with like anxiety and, and, and stress and, and everything. And so, you know, unfortunately, nurses take the brunt of that a lot. And then as far as my schedule on a weekly basis, so I work full time right now. A lot of the auditions right now are self-tapes just because it, like the industry is kind of in this in-between COVID safety period. Um, so most of the auditions aren't in person right now, but self-tapes. So I work three days a week, 12 hour days. And then I have the other four days to focus on acting and focus on my health. And, you know, like if I'll get a self-tape or like my lunch break, I'll be memorizing it in the break room. <laughs> that is so crazy. And then, you know, and just get the tapes done when I need to or in reading scripts on my other four days. And, you know, it's a lot of time management. Yeah. What are your best time management tips? 
Because we're talking to the pro here, clearly. So <laughs> well, I was 10 minutes late here. So you, I, oh my gosh, we were talking about this before. You have no, we had a no show today. Like we literally seriously? was here, couldn't find the, oh yeah. Oh, it was very bad. Like they just didn't show up? Well, no, apparently they came and couldn't find the place even in, I don't know, it was 10 minutes and they left. So that's why I was laughing when you were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so late. I'm like, first off, 10 minutes is nothing. I know that I can tell you're from Texas. Also, you're fine. <laughs> it's okay. See, that just like does not compute yeah. to me. Um, but yeah, so basically what I do on a weekly basis, and sometimes I fail and sometimes I don't. I started doing that like five minute journal in the morning yeah. and that's helped a lot. I, I also do that lot. and it really does help. Yeah. Um, so I started doing that in the morning and then I'll do a uh, devotional. Um, Which devotionals do you do? It's right now I'm doing like the start your day right or something. I did this one that's like emotionally healthy spirituality. It's like a 40 day one. And it was the best one. I've, I've done 7,000 of them at this point, but it was <laughs> the best one I've ever done. It's so interesting. Yeah, no, I, I like them because I like starting my day like that, mm-hmm. especially after I just posted something on Instagram about, cause I, I struggle with depression pretty bad. Yeah. Coming out of 2020, I was so focused on, I was thrown in with nursing and I just was so kind of, and acting was on pause because it was 2020, everything was on pause. And so I just was kind of enraptured in that, that I kind of just at the end of 2020, really the beginning of this year kind of came up for air and was like, whoa, I have not been taking care of myself mentally, physically, spiritually, like emotionally, emotionally, all this stuff. Like I just realized I was so drained. And because it was one of those things where no matter how much sleep I got, I was just tired Mm -hmm. all the time. And so I started making better habits of like starting my day like that because it sets my day up of like, what do I want to accomplish today? What do I want to do? And then I'll work out. um, What workouts do you do? Like, what do you like? I do that, um, the Kayla Edstein's thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it because it's easy, it's quick and it works. Yeah. It's 45 minutes. I sweat my butt off. I get it done and I've seen it work on me. And then I'll either work on like nursing stuff that I have to do, a script, uh, interviews, or any acting stuff, or like just life stuff, like bills, grocery shopping, folding, whatever. Yeah, the like like boring a, adult the stuff. The boring yeah. adult stuff we don't talk about. Yeah. Like getting cat pee out of the carpet, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I'll, I'll do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then if it's a nursing day, I'll do all everything up to the workout, and then I'll like go get like food for lunch, and then I will um, go to work. So, um, and then I'm there for the rest of the evening. I'm finally switching to day shift because my That's endocrinologist crazy. was like, you cannot do nights. It that was like is really so crazy. Yeah, understandably so. Yeah. That is tough. How do you make sure you're like healthy in all aspects? I know we kind of talked about integrating, you know, habits in the morning and stuff, but as threes, just any person who's like achieving or honestly, anyone can relate to this. How do you like prioritize yourself? Like make sure you're taking care of yourself and not just supporting other people and also not overworking yourself to the point where you're just left out for nothing. It's a daily struggle. I'll be honest. And some days I fail. Some days I fail miserably and I'm like, wow, I did nothing to help myself. Great. Good job. I'm a former perfectionist and I definitely still have those tendencies creep up. So I try to be forgiving and lenient on myself on those days. But I I have like my checklist of things that I'm really on top of. And and it's it's like that 80-20 concept of like if I do 80% today of that, great. So it's it'll be my devotional and like carry God throughout the day of like prayer, you know, and and just like when I'm having a hard time, like don't 
don't forget he's there and don't be like, I need to control this. I need to like, let go, let God kind of thing. And then, you know, eating wise, eat 80% well, just try to make a choices. If you mess up, just try to make a better choice the next meal. Don't just go, oh, well, a day is ruined. As far as exercise, I'm like, even if you just do 20 minutes, do something. So it's like, I have this mindset and this works a lot better for me of like, okay, when it comes to like diet, exercise, spiritual health, mental health, do something, even if it's small every single day, because when you check those boxes, you just feel better. You know what I mean? I think that's really the 80, 20 rule is such a good thing to bring up because it is really easy to just do all or nothing. Like, well, I missed it anyways, or, you know, I'm eating this and I just want to continue. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about your Olay partnership. So how did that come about? I love Olay so much. I remember seeing it like on my, like I mentioned my grandmommy. I love my grandmommy so much. I remember seeing it like on her, her counter and it's such a tried and true staple of skincare. Like they've always been really good about like their ingredients and everything. And they've had such a reimagining um, in the past few years of just encouraging women to be their best selves. I mean, even with like, like they have this new moisturizer, it's a collagen like peptide 24 and it, and it like brings out the collagen in your skin. Wow. So it's like, I it, love collagen. Anything no, collagen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Especially in LA. Yeah. But like, but that's the thing I love about them is like not only with their products, but also with like their advertising, they don't do retouching. You know, they, they promote like women in STEM. They're all about making you the best version of you. And that's something that I haven't seen in a lot of beauty brands. And it's something that I really believe in strongly. I believe in promoting strong women and I believe in in smart women. Um, because I think a lot of times, you know, people are celebrated that look a certain way and they don't contribute anything else. And it's like, that's fine, but it's like, you have so much to offer the world, you know? And I think, you know, there was some study a few years ago where they interviewed young girls, I believe I'm going to paraphrase this terribly, but like they interviewed young girls and they said they would rather be an assistant to a celebrity than a doctor. Wow. And I was like, that is so upsetting. That's so upsetting, you know? And so it's like working with companies like Olay that encourages women to not only embrace the beauty that they have naturally and to bring out their best beauty, but also their best brains on top of it is just like, it was a no brainer for me. Like when they approached me, I was like, yes, absolutely. That's incredible. What would be your number one tip, like confidence wise for young girls? Oh, that's such a good question. Cause I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say like, I've had my ups and downs with confidence. And again, it's a daily thing. Especially being on Disney channel throughout your teen years at any point. Dude, you want to know, this is something that's happened recently that I am like, like on TikTok. So there's been this like new trend of like, oh, this is, this is how messed up it used to be when I was a kid. I thought these people were fat and I've been showing up on them. And I'm like, like, (laughs) and I'm like, and I did get that stuff at the time where it was like on Twitter and stuff where it was like, you're fat, go kill yourself. In hindsight, I was diabetic and didn't know it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, but (laughs) so you should comment. No, I mean, cause the thing is, it's like, it's best to just leave, leave that it alone. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and I, it, it's a good barometer for me about how far I've come with my self-esteem yeah. and my self-worth because I can look at it and just be like, man, yeah, what a messed up world, huh? And my health is so much more important than that. And like, yeah, the way I look is important because it determines, unfortunately, what jobs I get as an actor. So I have to keep that together. But 
as far as like my best tip for confidence, I think I think to me it has to be shifting what you find worthy. Like, yeah, I've got stretch marks. Yeah, I've been a bunch of different sizes. I've been a two, an eight, you know, and everywhere in between. But I don't think about how high my ass is and go, that just determines my worth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think about how I make other people feel. I think about, do I leave a room better than I found it when I, at the end of the day? You know what I mean? That to me is my, what determines my worth. I love that. You know? And that gives me a lot of confidence. I absolutely love that. You're also very grounded and like you're very normal to talk to. And I feel like a (laughs) lot of people, it's not always the case, you know? So how have you managed to just stay normal? My parents. Grounded. My parents. I learned makeup from like sets. Like my mom doesn't wear makeup. She's never dyed her hair. You know what I mean? Like I've taught her how to do any makeup she knows how to do. You know what I (laughs) mean? Like I come from a long line of strong women and she taught me again, what is valuable. And so she never put emphasis on celebrity or this town or, you know, this business, or she could give a crap whether I was, she wanted me to be successful because it made me happy. She could care less whether I was on a red carpet or not, you know, and my dad grew up on a farm, you know, and, and is going to retire on that farm. And that's where I go home to visit. You know, I don't wear makeup. I put on camo and ride four wheelers when I go back home. You know what I, I mean? I love that. Yeah. Like it's, it's all about balance. And, and I think, and I think it's also recognizing the artifice of all this. I love the art of acting, but I recognize that the business is, it's all cellophane. It's all an image. It's all, you know, it's all made up. And that's the beauty of it. We're playing pretend we're telling a story but sometimes it goes too far. And so I think it's just always kind of keeping that in mind that it's like, it's 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 a business. It's not real. Yeah. I think the fact that you've also like kind of switched what confidence means and having with what you value too can help a lot because you see that's not always everyone's value. Like yeah. it's, I think it's probably more common for people to find their value or their worth and their appearance or like level of fame or like following or whatever that might be or translate to, or even like successes in their jobs. And I think what you said about, you know, how do I make people feel? Do I leave the room better? Is such a beautiful way to live and also a really healthy way to live. I think that's how you can live with like any sort of peace at all, you know, yeah. rather than like a running stream of anxiety of like trying to prove yourself totally. to everyone. Because there's going to be, you're going to disappoint somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're going to not be somebody's cup of tea. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? And I love the whole freak. Like <laughs> I listen to myself and I always sound like an old lady, like stitching, like sayings on mm-hmm. pillows. Um, but it's like, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but you're going to be somebody's cup of whiskey. You know what I mean? Like, I love that phrase because it's so true. And it's like, you're not going to please everybody. And also too, to be perfectly honest, like I fell into the trap of like worrying about what people think and being impressed by the business and, and getting caught up in all that right after Wizards. Like once it ended, you asked about like the transition Mm -hmm. from going from the show, you know, afterwards. And so, yeah, I had some of those growing pains were transitioning out of like finding what was important. And honestly, being diagnosed with diabetes, having those challenges in life and then becoming a nurse and seeing people from all different walks of life, you know, and (laughs) and wiping the ass of people Mm -hmm. from all different walks of life, it grounds you, it humbles you, you know what I mean? And seeing how fleeting life is. Yeah. It changes your perspective on things. And so all of those challenges and hardships and and just seeing 
how fast life can change. And then, yeah, it changes things. You becoming a nurse, I think, is so cool for so many reasons outside of obviously like serving other people. But what I think is the coolest thing to me personally is like evolving. I always say like, don't hold anything too tightly. And I think, or like live life with an open hand. So it's like, you never know where you're going to end up, what you're going to end up wanting to do. Things that I'm doing now, I didn't even want two years ago. It was the opposite of what I wanted and things just change. So as someone who has like evolved and added so many different things to your career, like how have you managed to kind of live like that and just be open to change and evolving? Because I feel like it's really easy to get set on something you want and like have tunnel vision and miss out on so many other things in life that maybe would actually like fulfill you more. That's such a great question. And this is why like, I loved like listening to you. Like I was telling you, I was listening to some episodes of your show. Cause like you do ask just like honest questions Thank that like, you. you know, it's, it's great. Cause like, you know how some of these can be like so artificial. Yeah. So it's really refreshing. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, I, parts of it, I didn't really have a choice being diagnosed with diabetes, like that's an adjustment. Like I didn't have a choice. I could either fight it for the rest of my life, which some diabetics do. Um, I see patients all the time who are constantly like getting their fifth toe removed, you know, cause they just refuse to cooperate and like, they don't have their vision and you know what I mean? And like, they just are like going to ignore it until they can't. And I was like, well, I can either embrace it and have it make me prioritize my health or I can ignore it and let it ruin my health. So that was something I couldn't ignore. And then, you know, as far as like adjusting to change with like nursing and and applying that with acting, to be honest, it comes from, from faith. Like it, it, I, I really, I was, my mom raised me, um, as a Christian and I, like, it's, it's just having that faith of like, I don't know why you're taking me this direction. I have to trust it. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know how I'm going to do all of it, but I got to figure it out, you know? And to be honest, like, it's like, I've loved acting for so long. And then later in life, I was lucky enough to find another passion for nursing and, and, and nursing has made me a better actor, which is something that there's so many parallels I never expected. That's really cool, actually. Yeah, I, I never, I was like, they're so different. There's going to be no mm-hmm. crossover, but it's all about empathy. Yeah. Both of them are about empathy. That's such a good point. What you said about faith is something that Erwin, who, if you guys don't know, he's a pastor um, at Mosaic in LA. He also is a designer. He's also pretty sure he's like a producer. He's an author. He does a bunch of different things. He's <laughs> yeah. like really, he's a Renaissance man, basically. Yeah, yeah. He um, knows much more about time management. Than yeah. I'm like, need to have him on. But something he said was, cause Ed was asking him like as a pastor, he has like a high end clothing line and whatever. It's another person. I really respect people who are multifaceted. I think that's why I was so drawn to you because I think it's so cool that you do different things that you wouldn't really like put together necessarily. Like I would have been like an actor and a nurse, you know? It's kind of like a roll the dice kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, oh, 100%. Came out, okay. Yes, and that's what I love so much about Erwin, but he was saying it's so interesting like how oftentimes it's people like, with faith or whatever that is who project like, that's what bothers me is I feel like people project things onto me all the time. Yeah. And it's it doesn't bother me enough to like actually be like a, to actually like seriously bother me, but it is like slightly annoying. Yeah compared to like, I can get as much hate on the internet and that doesn't bother me. But like when people say that, I'm like, literally leave me alone. But he was like, it's so interesting that people like try to put you in a box because the whole point of like Jesus or God or whatever is that like God broke the box. Yeah. And so when you were talking about, it's like having faith of like, oh, where are you leading me? Whatever. And that's in life. I feel like anyone can relate to that. It's like, no, you have to think really big and something, a quality that's probably my favorite quality in people are big thinkers. I really don't like small 
thinkers, especially small-minded people. But I mean, like, that's a really obvious one, but small thinkers who just like, that's just how it is typically are like, it's like kind of out of insecurity. They have something bad to say about everyone else. It's comfortable. And I think big thinkers who really think outside the box and have different ideas or aren't afraid to evolve. I think that's such an attractive quality and also makes for like a really interesting person, you know? So I think it's really cool. I think what you're doing is awesome. Thank you. I I was talking the other day um, with somebody about how just as like human beings, like our base instinct is like to be comfortable, right? It's like our brainstem like wants us, speaking of like cognitive function, but like our brainstem is programmed to like be safe, be comfortable, preserve, right? Homeostasis, back to that all the time. And that's, I think, whenever I think about like small thinkers, I always think about like, it's comfortable. I'm going to stay. It's easy. It's comfortable. I'm just going to stay there. And I think when you really want to accomplish something in life and you want to think big, you have to get uncomfortable and you have to stay in that kind of middle period where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know where this is going to lead. And that middle period's uncomfortable. It's very, I, so I'm 23 and I graduated college 2020 and all of my friends have, and a lot of people moved back to Dallas when they graduated or we didn't like, we grew up North of Dallas, but everyone like moved into the city. That's where the jobs were. Yeah. So I'm with a lot of people that I grew up with, all of them being post-grad, my experience is post-grad. It's almost fake. Like I've I've been working and doing this for years. My college experience was totally different. I don't have the same I don't want to like equate my, like, I don't know what I'm doing to theirs because it is very different, but it's weird. I think now being like out of college where I think that being in school full-time was like kind of a safety net and I was working full-time, but it was also, I, I think just in general, like the uncertainties of your twenties is like the number one thing we talk about. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm going to want to do and learning how to not put that pressure on myself to even know because I'm like, okay, a few years ago, I had no idea, especially working in digital, things change all the time. Yeah. So it's like, I really actually can't know, but it's really difficult. And I think that's where like, you have to have some sort of confidence or faith or whatever you lean on. And I'm like, I have literally no idea what I'm doing, but to other people, it no seems, does. yeah. But to other people, it's like, you look at them and you think, they have it all put together. And then I talk to them and they're like, I am losing my mind. I don't know what I'm Some doing. Some people just have a really good poker face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or they're not like crying on Instagram, which like I totally understand. Like <laughs> I, I totally get why. Like, Why we, have you cried on Instagram no, recently? No, 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 no. But I think that <laughs> the narrative behind like Instagram is a highlight reel. Yeah. I don't necessarily fault anyone for making it a highlight reel because I think like processing emotion offline like is also a healthy thing to yeah. do. So I, I understand that. But it is a weird place of like, just being in the unknown, but like being in uncomfortable positions because that's where you grow and that's how you even figure things out. Yeah. So I think it's great, but. Yeah, it's so fascinating to hear like other 20-somethings experience because a lot of my experience has been with older people, Mm -hmm. um, which is why I talk like a golden girl sometimes. (laughs) So it's nice to actually hear your experience of like being in your 20s. And I do think there is a lot of pressure of to have it all figured out and have it all together. And especially like, life has changed, you know, life has changed a lot since like our parents were in their twenties. And so I, but I still think there's that expectation of like, okay, when you're like, when I was 22, you know, we had a house, we had kids, we had, it's like, but it's not, the world's totally Totally different. different, You know what I mean? It's like, if I have my own place at 22, I'm doing great. You know what I mean? Like, and then I think there's this whole thing too. A lot of my friends have had this like impending thing about 30, like 30 is this big like milestone of like, I've got to have it all together. And what am I doing with my life? I don't have it together at all. And it's like, but I think, you know, it's tough because I think the world's so different that I think 
almost in a certain way, you know, the 30s are kind of the new 20s because that period of getting your life together that used to be in your 20s has now kind of been pushed to your 30s. I hear from people in their 30s all the time that it's the best thing ever. And everyone tells me that I'll love being 30 because they're like so much of the annoying aspects of being 20 really do just go away. So I'm like, they're like, you're more confident. Things don't bother you. You kind of have like your footing a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not wishing my life away. No, of course not. But it sounds fun. People did say that about my 20s. So my cynical side is like, nah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to hope for the best and we'll yeah. see what happens. But thank you so much Same. for coming on. This yeah, has been such a good show. Where can they find you? Uh, well, on Instagram, I'm just Jennifer Stone. I think Twitter is just... Uh, Jennifer Stone too. Do people still use Twitter? Yeah, I actually recently am back on Twitter. Jennifer L. Stone is my TikTok because Jennifer Stone is a very common name and it was taken. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Jennifer. Now let's get to you guys, the listener call in. Hi, Kenzie. My name's Gabby or Gabrielle.Hayes on Instagram. And I've been having some weird dreams lately. So what is the weirdest dream you've had, let's say, in the past month? I'm really curious because dreams can be weird. Um, Anyway, I love you so much. Thank you. Bye. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I've actually been waiting to answer this one because I knew I would have a good one. I just couldn't think of it on the spot. And then it came to me this week. I woke up and I immediately texted one of my best friends, Ryan Canerney, Boston. He's been on the pod so many times, honestly, we need to have him back on. I actually am going to text him, see if he's available. But I had a dream that Dave Portnoy was our Bible college director, like fully went through a day as Dave Portnoy being the director of our Bible college. So like fill in the blanks, um, really honestly entertaining, but I would say that would be my weirdest dream. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I love you guys so much and I will talk to you guys next Thursday.